It's time for the Ant Hill Show, and here, and there's Jay Hill. And uh, Jason, this is the biggest episode we've ever done. That's true. Uh, because it's Super Bowl week, and that means 49ers have an opportunity to do something they haven't done since 1994, and that's win a Super Bowl. Since we were teenagers. Viva Las Vegas. Here we go. Yeah. You, were, you felt like we were teenagers back then? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was... I was uh what close to it oh, close to eleven I think I was eleven like, yeah you might have been eleven or twelve back then yeah, yeah preteen I was like just thirteen yeah because I was still I was still a spry young individual every time the four yards scored a touchdown I went outside and I ran around a little bit nice oh uh, yeah you got to get some of that energy out my parents right? were very happy about that moment I bet get me out from in front of the console TV that's how old we were right console TVs those were massive uh, running outside yeah those things were massive. Uh, but here they are. 49ers are in the Super Bowl again. They've The last two appearances haven't went the way that they would have liked. But this time, the 49ers have another opportunity. And that's all you can ask for is for an organization to consistently be in those games and have opportunities to win Super Bowls. But I think it's like the 49ers really need this one. Like, they need it really bad. They do. Jed does. John does. Kyle definitely does because we're starting to hear that narrative of is Kyle Andy Reid prima homes where he's this great offensive coach who gets there all the time and doesn't get the job done. <coughs> yeah, I mean, you're hearing that, and you're right. Uh, Andy Reid had, you know, Donovan McNabb. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had Jimmy Garoppolo. So could Brock Purdy be Kyle Shanahan's Patrick Mahomes? I think that's a great segue to my very first topic that I was hinting at about on Twitter, actually. If, Hold it for one second. Oh, you're killing me. Right yeah, now. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make everyone wait because I got to I gotta talk about bet online. Oh. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the nice. championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get in on all the action. Bet online. The game starts here. Now let's Time get to play the game. Yeah, we're ready for this Triple now. Triple H entrance. There we go. <laughs> that, that's a great little promo, actually, too, because the start of the week, remember, prior for the game, it opened up at two and a half, and then it went, it went down to one. Yeah. And it's back up to, to two and a half again. So, foggy field equals better odds of winning. As shocking <laughs> as that is, the, it looks like the smart money's coming in on the. Niners here. But I like smart money. Which gives me some money to hope. Now, what, what I was on Twitter a few days ago, I was hinting at an issue that I'm seeing that concerns me. If you historically look at Super Bowl winners, not, not teams who get the Super Bowls, of the 57 Super Bowl champions that we've had so far, there's only nine guys who are not surefire either in the Hall of Fame or going to be in the Hall of Fame. Hey, there's the occasional outlier of Nick Foles or Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer, all, all that kind of stuff. But historically, it's Elway, Bradshaw, Montana, obviously Brady, um, Steve Young, R. Rogers, even Matt Stafford that is a Hall, Hall of Famer to me, right? So when you look at the historical context of who wins Super Bowls, you find lots of guys who get Super Bowls who aren't good quarterbacks. Very, very often does a does does not a near Hall of Famer. I think, I think of the, the ten guys who aren't sure. How, I think Russell Wilson's the one that could get it down to nine. The last couple years, obviously, haven't been great. So that so that might put a damper on him. But the Seahawks version of Russ might get into the Hall of Fame still. So at, at best, nine of the hundred and you know, potentially hundred and fourteen game Super Bowl quarterbacks aren't in, in the Hall of Fame. My question to you is, we have Patrick Mahomes, who's trending to potentially challenge in the Brady-Montana echelon of the best ever that we've ever seen. And, and we're out there with our guy, Brock Purdy, who's, obviously, you've watched the show, you know I like Purdy a lot, but mm-hmm. the idea of Brock Purdy beating Patrick Mahomes, because remember, the only time Patrick Mahomes had lost a playoff game to Joe Burrow and, and Tom Brady. So it, it takes a, the best ever and a guy who's, who, if he stays healthy, will be in, in the Hall of Fame himself to beat Patrick Mahomes in a, in a playoff game. So we're asking Brock Purdy to at least somewhat match Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl when throughout the first playoff games, 
PFF ha- has him as had 23% of his throws have been dangerous or high-risk throws that could have really been a turnover. Mahomes is at like 1%. So my, my big concern is, is Brock enough? With every, Obviously, our roster is great. Well, their roster is pretty damn good, too. Is Brock good enough to actually outduel Patrick Mahomes in the biggest game of the year? And I don't know. That's yeah. my that's my issue. Well, I think it, when you're looking at a list and you're looking at it in hindsight, it's easy to say, "Oh, well, all these guys were Hall of Famers." But in 1981, Joe Montana wasn't a Hall of Famer. In 2002, Tom Brady wasn't a Hall of Famer. In 2019, Patrick Mahomes wasn't a Hall of Famer. So before they won the Super Bowl, they weren't Hall of Famers. In fact, with most of those, including Tom Brady, he was overshadowed by Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was going to be the guy that absolutely smashed. Uh, dominated that defense for the Patriots was going to be have to be the one that got it done. So to me, this is one of those questions where it's like, well, why not Brock Purdy? Uh, will we be talking about Brock Purdy in two or three years as one of those elite caliber quarterbacks? Because you just look at his efficiency rate. He throws less amount of times for the most amount of yards in those time periods. So when you're talking about efficiency, you're talking about a guy that puts this game on his back. The 49ers have a guy that can do that now. He's a proven winner. He just has to go win the game. Now, is it a tough battle to go against Patrick Mahomes? Yes, but it's not Brock Purdy dueling against Patrick Mahomes. It's Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense dueling against a very good Kansas City Chiefs defense. And so the matchups, yes, quarterback to quarterback, you get that. Uh, But there's been a lot of really good matchups against Hall of Fame quarterbacks where somebody steps up and becomes that quarterback now. And why not, in this case, Brock Purdy? Yeah, true, true, but it's just, it's something that, like, like I said, we don't see very many average or even good quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. We see a lot of average to good quarterbacks getting to Super Bowls, a la Jimmy Garoppolo, Colin Kaepernick, but not winning Super Bowls, and that's what, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how so, Brock handles the day, how Brock yeah. handles the week, and... You know, I mean, he he's played good in really three, maybe four of the eight quarters so far in the playoffs. A couple he's he's been bad. A couple he's been okay. A couple he's been really good in. So his performance has been kind of all over the map. So I'm curious to see how he does against by far and away the better defense that we've seen this entire playoffs. Yeah, and let me ask you this: you because you brought up Cap Colin Kaepernick, you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. Where do you put Brock Purdy compared to them? Do you do you think Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy than Jimmy Garoppolo and and Colin Kaepernick? Based on through their first 20, 25 starts that they've had with San Francisco, I think he's the best quarterback we, we've had since 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 Jeff Garcia. Well, then you you answered your question. Jimmy Garoppolo was one big throw away from defeating Patrick Mahomes. Brock Purdy is better. He can make that throw. Uh, I mean, he's got to go out there and prove it on the biggest stage. But when you're talking about both of those quarterbacks, we're within one play of winning a Super Bowl. And if Brock Purdy's considered better than them and more, you know, a guy that can make the plays, this is one of those situations where you got to feel good about it uh, because Brock has just proven that when, when it has to be done, he's got it done. Even in Cleveland, where he didn't have a good game, they were in position to win that football game. Yep, Brock Purdy, more than not, concussion maybe in Minnesota, Joe Burrow dominating, whatever, but... Other than that, they've been pretty good as long as Brock Purdy's played his best. And I know there's concerns, but this is a guy that I don't feel uh, worried about. I think that Brock Purdy can get it done in the biggest moments, and a lot of the reason why is he's got the playmakers around him that can consistently get it done. You've got the best running back in the league. You've got two dynamic receivers. When you get the ball in their hands, they can make plays. And you've got George Kittle, who could be a great equalizer against Kansas City. It's a tough matchup for their linebackers and their safety group. Uh, you want to leave an extra guy in the box to go ahead and take care of Christian McCaffrey? Be be aware because Brock because Brock Purdy's going to find George Kittle in the open field. It, it it feels like this has to be a a game where Jawan makes plays and Kittle makes plays because as good as our two receivers are, Need and McDuffie are probably the best pair of corners in the league too. So I, I'm not sure how much. Debo and, and, and Ayuk are going to be able to get off, especially early. So it's important that, that McCaffrey and Juszczyk and, like I said, Kittle and Jawan can pick up the slack. Hopefully, hopefully that, that will make Spagnola change the defense a little bit, and then we can get, get Debo and, and Ayuk 
0-2. Well, here's the problem. This is the Brock effect now. You just seen him against the Detroit Lions rush for over 40 yards and really make some big plays. If you're going to put McDuffie and Sneed one-on-one in man coverage on the outside against our wide receivers, great for them, right? They're probably going to be able to hold them down a little bit. That means everyone's turned and running away, which means Brock Purdy's going to have avenues to run the football using his legs. So more than likely, Spagnola is going to have to find a mix, which means you're going to have Ayuk and Debo in zone coverage, which means once they get over the middle of the field, they're not dealing with Snead. They're not dealing with McDuffie. They're dealing with Bolton, and they're dealing with those linebackers, and they're dealing with you know uh, the guy, the safeties in that position. So Reed and those guys, yeah, they're, they're good players, but that's when Kyle Shanahan's offense really becomes great because it moves people. It stretches them horizontally, and it allows windows for Brock to be able to throw the football. So that's really what they're finding, those windows to throw the ball. And Spagnuolo's got to make a decision in this game. Do I load up and stop Christian McCaffrey, or do I make Brock Purdy beat me? And if I go into the box and I say, okay, Brock, you're going to beat me, he's got to go out there and prove it. But uh, that I like the 49ers wide receivers against zone coverage. And just a fact – the 49ers, Brock Purdy, is the best quarterback against man coverage in the entire league this year. Uh, so, yes, good corners, but matchups is what Kyle Shanahan likes to use, and he uses a lot of motions to get the matchups that he likes. Do you think we'll see more of a bunch of formations try and get Ubo and Ayuk some space, too? I think it, it's dependent on what Spagnola is trying to do. Uh, if Spagnola is running man coverage, yeah, run some run some bunch set, sets, uh, get free releases, run some mesh concepts across the middle where you got guys running across. Those things will allow you to get Debo and Brandon Ayuk space and also run them through traffic so they can get open. I think if you're seeing a lot of zone coverage, uh, you don't have to do that. That's when you want to spread them out. You want to run your exit motion to create more space. With zone coverage, you want to create the most space you could possibly create yeah. and create windows to catch the football. So, I think it determined, it's determined by what Spagnola does. The one thing Spagnola does really well is come with blitzes at unique times. And he's very, he's very good at it. Where you had ones again with the Lions that weren't very sound as far as schematically. They were just odd. Uh, with Kansas City, they're very schematic. They always have guys who roll into the right places. Uh, so locating those is going to be interesting. And he blitzes more on second down than any other down. So the 49ers need to make sure they're on schedule and first down. That way they're prepared to take a short play, a quick uh, get the ball out and hit that hot read. So that way they don't have any problems hot of taking route, a hot loss. Hot route, hot route, Yeah, red, red seven. Red seven, red seven. <laughs> was that, what I don't that, know what that, that mean? means. Just go line up on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about their run defense? Because we saw that Mina Kimes video last night where it was really eye-opening to see how bad the run defense actually is versus the – the zone read and and out of a under center too. Yeah, I mean the out, the outside zone uh, has been a real problem for them. Uh, the problem is they they've been rushed against the seventh least uh, in the league. So for whatever reason, teams don't stick with the run game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens didn't. No, the Ravens didn't. They but threw that thing away quick. If you go back and you watch the Raiders game where the Raiders beat the Chiefs, they did stick with it, and they weren't getting consistent. You know, they weren't getting four yard gains. They were getting under that, but they just kept pounding it, pounding it, pounding it. By the time they got to the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they were racking off 15, 20-yard carries. Uh, But there's an avenue to run the football. The Jets had some success on the toss plays to the outside, the outside zone. Uh, I think there's an avenue for that. The question will be, like I said, what's Spagnola's mindset? Do I come in and try to take away McCaffrey and put the onus on the young kid to show that he could beat me before I loosen up? Or is it has to be that. You would think so, right? I, I mean, I'd be sh- shocked if they come out and don't make him, as in Brock, actually try and the game. Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to come up, load the box, muddy up the middle of the field, uh, and and just make Brock Purdy throw the ball outside the numbers. And I think Kyle's going to go ahead and and kind of call their bluff on that and start hitting screens to Debo Samuel and have to. Uh, get the ball out quickly yeah. and just spread them horizontally. Once you spread them horizontally, that'll create the space. You might be, still be able to run the ball, even when they have eight guys in the box. But I think early Brock might have to loosen them up, you know, make a couple good throws, uh, get the ball out. If Brock Purdy can show that he's Brock Purdy and make those throws that he normally makes, that will make Spagnola back off. And then you can really turn to McCaffrey and get that run game going. And the key to this game has to be McCaffrey, um, you know, getting significant amount of carries. The 49ers rushing the football 
30 plus times has got to be the main goal and making sure that, you know, you consistently move the ball, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. But you have to be really good on first and second down because they are one of the better third down defenses in the league. Now, I say that even though Detroit had a better uh, third down, you know, defense than the Chiefs, actually. They only gave up third downs at 36%, Chiefs at 37%, 49ers were 50% on third yeah. down against Detroit. But you just can't have bad situations on schedule. It's what the 49ers need to be. Yep, no third and longs, because that will mean that Mr. Jones is going to be after us in a hurry. We've seen him wreck shop on us before. I think another, as you brought up Chris Jones, I think another underrated thing that happened Charles was Minnehue? Charles Amenehu getting hurt. Uh, he's actually the the most efficient pass rusher on the entire Chiefs team. Yep. Uh, he was getting a sack every 2.2% of his snaps. Chris Jones is, is below that at 21 and then, you know, it goes on after that. Um, to me, that was a huge loss because now they like to stick Chris Jones out of defensive end. And part of the reason you were able to do that on obvious pass downs is because you had a Charles Aminahue that you could move inside. Now that you don't have that, I wonder where they're going to go. They're not as deep at the defensive line spot. I think that there's going to be an opportunity for the 49ers to do some unique things, especially on third down. One thing I noticed on film was, yes, Chris Jones matched up on Colt McKivitz is not what any 49er fan wants to see. But if it's second and four, third and three, run the football. When Chris Jones is outside, they're not as effective at stopping the run on the interior. You might have opportunities where you get the big man out of the picture and you're able to consistently run. Go ahead and trap him, run inside. Uh, I think there could be some advantages there to having Chris Jones line up on the outside. And I wonder if the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are going to hit that. I hope so. I, I, I think they'll use him more inside, though, because of his size and, and wingspan and Brock's lack of size, just just to kind of be a presence. Because we've seen also in, in the playoff game, they've gotten their hands on a few of his passes too. So, yeah, and this is where it gets interesting because uh, uh, Derek Naughty is hurt. He's going to be out. He's in the IR. Uh, they lost Charles Aminahue, so their inside defensive pa- or defensive rushers are Neil Neil Farrell, Chris Jones, and then they go for Sean Wharton uh, is the next guy. After that, it's guys who normally play defensive end: uh, Uzama, BJ BJ Thompson, Malik Herring, Jordan Smith. I mean, it's like they are lacking depth in the interior defensive line, and this is a team that already struggles to stop the run. Chris Jones is going to have to play a lot of snaps in this game. Yep, need to wear, wear him out. Yeah, <laughs> if you're running the football consistently uh, and you're making them chase sideline to sideline, outside zone, screen passes to Debo, screen passes to George Kittle, pretty soon those guys are going to look like Chase Young did chasing that play last <laughs> week. Uh, and it ain't going to be for lack of hustle. It's just going to be for there ain't no gas left in that engine. So, I mean, yeah. I think there's a, you know, there is a clear picture for what the 49ers want to do against the Chiefs, whether they're able to do it is another story because uh, you always have to go out there and execute. That's been the issue the last few weeks is execution's not been good. What about Steve Wilkes? Let's go to the other side of the ball. I don't know about his, and even John Lynch too. I, I, I wasn't, I've never seen a GM and a D coordinator the week of the Super Bowl, who seems in the Super Bowl, call out, defense in that manner I, I i don't know how i feel about it i, I at first i was kind of like oh, that seems like a bad look to me but then richard sherman once again with his his insight was like nah they needed that and i think it was actually good uh, and he said i talked to a couple guys on on their defense they knew that that they didn't play up to par and he said from what They've been talking about. It. He said, "I expect the effort and the execution to be a lot better than than it has been." So maybe it, it was it, it was okay, but it was just really weird. Out, out the defense like that on national TV and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers have often talked to the media, and this is a conversation I've had, you know, with lots of people that that are on the show or come on the show. Is yes, it's, it's not always the best method for coaches to bring things that could be handled in the locker room to the media. But this is something consistently that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done before. Uh, we we knew 
what was going on with Brandon Ayuk when he was going to be in the doghouse. Dog uh, they said, literally, Jalen Hurd, uh, Kyle Shanahan said, he's got to be on the field or he's not going to be on the team. You know what he was the next day? On the uh, field. Yeah. They often do this. And I thought Kyle really set the tone where he said, hey, it was a couple, you know, two or three plays, uh, nothing really to worry about. That's not what we want on this team. That's not the expectation. That's not the culture. I thought that was a really good answer. But Steve Wilkes has got to be the fire pin, right? He's got to be the guy on that defense that just is not afraid to look them straight in the eye and is tell the truth Monday type stuff. Look, you've got to be better than that. And I guarantee a lot of people put the focus on Chase Young, but there were other guys that got that too. Oh, yeah. Kevin Givens, uh, Ambry Thomas running away from the play. Like those are guys that are going to get uh, called out. The good thing is the 49ers only have to say it once. They can go up to those players and say, this is unacceptable. And those players won't do it again. Jennifer Lee Chan talked to Chase Young yesterday, and Young said he had he said that's not what this team's about. Uh, that's not what he's about, and he knows he needs to be better. He knows the team needs to be better. So the clear the clear message is there, and I think they're going to be just fine in this game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anytime these guys talk out, it gives you kind of a weird feeling. I thought Steve Wilkes was very uh, direct in what he said, but I think he wanted he to have a clear and concise message. Uh, that, that was unacceptable, and then you just move forward. And I think that's what they're all going to do. All right. What, what's going to be your thought on Travis Kelly? Are, are, are we going to sort of almost man him up and let maybe Fred sort of take him or Jair? I mean, what, what are we going to do with him? Because he, for, for as, as awful as he looked throughout this entire regular season, a monster in the playoffs, and he he's making that whole whole offense go again. I mean, it's 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 not going greatly. Is they're only averaging like twenty one or so points a game playoffs, so it's, it's not great, but enough with the, with that defense. So how are we going to stop eighty seven? Oh, uh, you're going to go a variety of ways. You want you don't want them to know what's going to happen. You don't know you don't he doesn't want to you don't want him to know who's going to cover him. You don't want to know what kind of coverage it's going to be. You want to keep him consistently guessing. You want Patrick to be consistently guessing. So, yes, it's going to be Fred Warner sometimes. It's going to be Jair Brown. It's going to be Jair Brown and Fred Warner. It's going to be Dre Greenlaw. Uh, Greenlaw, a lot of times, will cover the running backs out of the backfield. Uh, and if Jarek McKinnon, if Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon plays, supposedly maybe, uh, maybe that will change the way the 49ers go about it. But I think it's going to be a variety of different things. And I've even been willing to put Charvarius Ward on Travis Kelsey sometimes and just say, okay, yeah. Travis, it's third and four. You're not going to be the one that beat us. Uh, yeah, we're going to exactly. put Diameter Lenore on Rasheed Rice. We're going to put Charverius Ward on Travis Kelsey, and we're going to get physical with them. And every that's one of the keys in this game they is physicality. Guys, yeah. Every single time that Travis Kelsey is near a football, he needs to get hit physically, like really hard, and they need to make sure they get him to the ground. No extra yards. And I think if they do that, by the end of the game, he'll slow down a little bit. Mahomes, uh, too. Yeah, Mahomes as well. But, yeah, it's going to take a consistent effort and a total team effort to not just slow Patrick Mahomes' reads down a little bit and take Kelsey away. The problem is going to be Kelsey's going to make his catches. That's just the way it is. Uh-huh. Just got to make sure you don't let him have any big-time plays and big-time gains. But I think the 49ers are up for the task. They do really good against tight ends, fourth best in the league against tight ends this year. True. Darren Waller still... Trying to figure out what happened against us. Yeah, and Pat Fryermuth was like, "Who that? Who 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 Dale?" For a long time. Yeah, right. He got lit up at the at the goal line. So, yeah, be physical with the Chiefs. Absolutely, draw their timing and make them make Mahomes hold the ball the extra half second. Because now, what 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 concerns me is, what about a year and a half ago when they just obliterated? Now they they don't have to do. Booster anymore, and then a couple of those guys are gone. But Michael Harbin's still there. So the, those Jets, peeps, which don't exactly we play those somewhat auspiciously at times. What do you think they're going to do in, in regards to how that game went on the day of Alex's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Uh... I think when you're looking at what they do, you went all the way back to 2019, and you saw the way that Andy Reid attacked uh, the 49ers defense. Of course, that was Robert Sala. And then I'm sure Steve Wilkes went back and watched the 2022 game where D'Amico Ryans uh, was defensive coordinator. And early on in that game, uh, D'Amico took away plays over the middle. He got Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception. 
Uh, Gibson tipped it up. Hufanga had it. And they really did a good job there. And then what happened? The Chiefs adjusted. So you got to make sure you're consistently adjusting on the fly. That's why I said different looks consistently. You have to make sure as soon as they think they've got a, a picture of what you're doing, you're doing something else. Better change it quick. And so I think that you're going to find the things that they did well. You're going to expect them to try out those things and see where they go. So, yes, you're going to have to make sure that you're able to handle uh, those those places to the outside, those jet sweeps. Those were huge with McCall Hardman in that game. James I, Williams last week, too. Yeah, I, I mean, think – I think the well, that was a counter, uh, yeah. like a, a different type of play. But you're right. I mean, that backside integrity's got to be good. And what you had was not exactly the most sound technique. It wasn't so much a scheme problem, uh, but sound technique because you have two players on the outside that have to make it when they're when they're cracking on Bosa or in those jet sweep situations. They're running around him. You have a force defender, which is your corner usually that has to come up and force the ball inside, and you have an alley defender, which is usually your nickel corner or a safety or both, and they've got to come up and fill the lane and make the tackle. A lot of times you weren't getting the proper technique, the proper angle, force defender a little slow to get there, alley defender takes the wrong angle, and you get big-time plays like Jamison Williams. And then when you have an opportunity where somebody else could have replaced and made the tackle, they were running backwards, they got in the way of somebody else, uh, so it was one of those issues where it's not scheme, it's technique. You can do things schematically to help those guys be in the proper positions, and we'll see. A lot of that's going to be on how good Isaiah Pacheco is running the ball in the middle. But if the 49ers take away the middle of that that deep offense for Kansas City and don't allow them to run the ball of the middle, they can edge some of those guys outside and take away those outside plays too schematically with yeah. alignment. So it, it's going to be one of those things, just seeing what they can get away with and seeing what they can do. But I'm guessing Steve Wilkes has got his team prepared for everything he's seen from Andy Reid this season and then the other two opportunities where they've played each other. He better. I, I, I still think his job might be at, at stake here. I, I don't know. I just I think that potentially if, if this goes bad and defense looks shaky, that John and Kyle might move off of him what do you think no i no? mean I, it, they would have to be, get completely blown off the hinges because you can look at the plays last week and it wasn't a wilkes problem i mean is there a couple of things that he need, he could have done uh to adjust yes but it, this is an execution problem and execution yes a lot of times you can point towards a defensive coordinator but it's position coaches that have to be the ones that get the execution down the coordinator is the ceo of that uh, but there was a lot of things where these guys just took some chances and didn't make plays. Yeah. Once they settled in, they made plays. And Wilkes made subtle adjustments. A lot of that was disguises and coverage that helped against Jared Goff. But, I mean, you saw it perfectly when they though, when yeah. they had the force defender doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And they had, you know, the alley guy. You got Deshaun Gibson making a tackle for negative two. It's just execution. What? What about... How do we slow down? Sounds like he's mad at the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a concern. It, Isaiah Pacheco is a good running back. Uh, I know because I did an extensive breakdown of him coming out of he's hard to tackle of he's, Rutgers. I just down. I really like him, and I think that you bring up a good point there. He's hard to tackle. I think that's the biggest thing for the 49ers. They have to make sure that they get him all the way to the ground. You can't stop. Everyone's got to hustle. You got to gang tackle. You've got to grab cloth. You got to hold on to this guy. Do whatever you got to do, but you never stop. Uh, it's it's one of those games where you don't go to hit this guy and hold on. You go to run through him yeah. uh, because he does run really hard. You got to give him a lot of respect. And I think that yeah, he's a more efficient um, you know runner than they've had, especially with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He couldn't really get it done on the ground. But the last Super Bowl, it wasn't Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who really did the damage. So Damian Williams. Damian Williams was the guy who did the damage. So I think the 49ers know what they're getting in Pacheco. I think if they can cut off some of his early runs, uh, they can get them to go away from it. The Raiders were able to slow down the running game of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think the 49ers can, but they have to be on their P's and Q's. They have to make sure they're playing their alignments, and they have to get downhill, and they have to be aggressive, which is tough because – when you're getting downhill and being aggressive, you open up things for Patrick Mahomes in the passing game. Uh, so what do you do as far as RPOs, things like that? It definitely makes it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult uh, when you have a proficient passer like Patrick Mahomes. Did, 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 I just heard this on the way over here. 
Ambry Thomas ha- has had a thumb issue. Uh, he had a broken. Whoa. He had a broken hand. Yeah, uh, he, he, he. They Papa was saying that that, that that's why he's had a hard time acting because he hasn't been able to grab on. And he, apparently, the the brace and stuff will be off on Sunday. So it sounds like he might actually be. I didn't realize he, he that he was actually banged up. So that, that that that's a little more comforting to hear that he's. He's not just been god awful. He's actually had a reason why he's been been bad. Yeah, he he uh, had a broken hand when he played against the Washington Commanders. Uh, he had it well bandaged, and then once they clinched, he had surgery between that game and the Rams game. And he's been he came back for the playoffs. Uh, but you you know you always wonder how how close it is to being all the way healthy. I think. My concern is he hasn't been as willing to be a tackler. He's not a willing tackler right now. Is that the hand? Maybe. Uh, but I've seen a lot of guys who are dealing with injuries like that, that even if they can't make the tackle, they're a willing, they're attempt, right? They might have their hand in a giant uh, a cast, but they're going to go out there and they're going to try to make the tackle. So hopefully this coming off will be something Mentally that helps him like yeah. get past it and just go out there and make some plays because – they need Ambry Thomas in a huge way in this game. They need him to play the best he's ever played. And if that happens, that gives him that freedom to put Diamond Lenore consistently in the slot where he's really good. I'm I, I'm worried about Ambry getting on on Valdez Scantling and, and 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 him going deep on him either for the catch or the PI. That that feels like that could be a play that could could happen. And change the the context of the game too. Yeah, I think that's a you know after seeing what happened in the Green Bay game, you know I think that's a, a valid complaint and valid worry because uh, Valdez Scantling does have world class speed, and we've seen what happened when a receiver got behind. He panicked and he grabbed. Now hopefully he's learned from that. And Ambry brought up a good point in his his uh, conversations he had with the media that week was he's so used to being on top. Normally he's on top of that play. He stays on top of all these wide receivers, and I think. With MVS specifically, you don't really have to worry about him breaking off a route underneath and coming no. back and having those consistent catches. So if I'm the 49ers and I got MVS lined up on Ambry Thomas, I'm playing Ambry off, which Ambry, that's Ambry's specialty anyways. I'm playing him off. I'm allowing him to keep a cushion. And if they want to you know, throw it underneath the MVS, you know, for those 12-yard plays, uh, just go ahead and drive on it when that happens and see if you can't create an incompletion. But I think you're going to live with some of those catches because I don't think he's a good enough route runner. Where in 2019, you had Sammy Watkins. He was a good enough route runner to hurt you. Uh, you had Tyree Kill. He, was, he had that speed, but he's a good enough route runner to hurt you. Uh, I don't think they really have that with the speed guys that they have, with MVS. Um, so I think that you make sure you don't allow him to take the top off the defense and you just run with them and allow him, if he's going to make consistent catches underneath, to make him prove it. The only guy who, I mean, outside... Kelsey, who, who I think actually runs really good routes, is Rice. Other than that, none of those guys are very kind as receivers. You just get the honor of playing with Mahomes. Yeah, Rasheed Rice has been the, the one. Uh, this he's a guy, good player. Yeah, he, he, he's come on. He is their their uh, Juju Smith-Schuster type player. Uh, he can do it all. And, and I think that he's going to be really good in a couple years. Uh, I don't think he's arrived yet. I think he's really made some good plays. Uh, but he's still a young player, and I wonder what the 49ers decide to do. You know what I mean? It, I think if they're in their base 4-3, I think they're real comfortable with Diometer Lenore and Traverse Ward taking him down. Uh, if you go to Nickel, you know, maybe sometimes they just go ahead and they put Ward on him and say, hey, we're going to make Rice go away. We're going to put Fred, and we're going to put uh, Tashawn Gibson on Elsie, make him go away. Yeah. And we're going to say, okay, Ambry, you take care of MVS. Uh, Demo, you take care of, you know, Watson or, or whoever else, or Richie James. And I think that there's going to be times where they're going to be able to do that. But you got to force third and longs against Patrick Mahomes. You just have to. Uh, they're not as good on third down as they were in 2019. They're at 43% conversion rate on third down. Uh, it's still one of the better ones in the league. But you look at the elite offenses, 49ers are near 48%. Yep. Um, so you can you have opportunities. And the reason I want third and longs, not just so you make Patrick Mahomes have to throw it further, make those receivers run better routes, but also, Jawan Taylor at right tackle uh, is going to be spotlighted. The, the thing is, is he gets the Dre Greenlaw treatment as they watch him every single play because they know he's bound to make a, uh, a holding. And Nick Bosa put him on blast already. Well, they call it. That's well, what scares me is that same crew from 19 that didn't call the one on the Tyreek 
catch. Yeah, and and the truth is, uh, Vitovich's crew doesn't hold doesn't call offensive holding that much. They don't. Uh, but you know, it, it's it, it's going to be on display, and I think because Bosa put it out there, people are going to be watching, and I think Hopefully. I think the reputation that Juwan Taylor has is what's going to hurt him. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to be interesting. But I think I think Nick Bosa can just whoop him outright. Hopefully, I think he could just beat him. Uh, and I mean, if he's chasing Nick Bosa and holding him from behind, that's a lot easier call than what Schwartz and them were doing in the Super Bowl last time with the arm around. Uh, those are legal. Those are legal blocks. Even though it's a hold around the chest, uh, that's not a hold, that's not really a hold in the NFL's description of holding. So uh, beat him, make him hold you from behind, and I think you'll get the call. But. <laughs> What scares me too is Mahomes' ability to run too. Like just, he just has that knack where on on third and eighteen he he's gonna run for nineteen and just get the first down. And I mean he he only does it in the playoffs. You hardly ever see him do it in the in the regular season. But man, man, playoff time though, he he killed the Dolphins with that in the first half. So that's another thing that we have to be very cautious of is. Him scrambling late on on busted plays, and uh, I don't know. I'm just I don't like it. I... Yeah, I think uh, Steve Wilkes talked about this in his presser, where he talked about there's basically two plays. Uh, there's the initial play, and then there's the extended play, yep. and you have to be ready and able to handle both. And when you have that initial play, you've got to just get on them and and do the best to take away reads one and two, and hope your pass rush gets there and gets home. You can sack Patrick Mahomes. He's been sacked 29 times this season. It's just not easy. I think you, a lot of people will look at that and be like, 29 times, that's got to be at least in the NFL. Well, Brock Purdy was only sacked 31 times. So yeah. uh, it's been pretty equal. But Mahomes is absolutely dangerous with his legs. He's dangerous outside the po- outside the pocket because once he gets out there, all of a sudden you have to commit a defender to him. And that means one less defender in coverage, which means there's probably an open area for him to throw. So one of the keys of this game is getting after Patrick but they've got to collapse the pocket, and it's going to have to start with those interior defensive linemen. Armstead and Hargrave, this is where you earn your money. Get a push, get an interior surge, and then Chase Young and Nick Bosa got to collapse it from the outside, and they can't allow uh, him to escape, which means they've got to rush with their outside arm free. They've got to rush at a specific bend to where he can't get loop around and get outside. It's going to be huge in this game, but if they can collapse the pocket and put pressure on him into his feet, uh, he will throw without using his legs. Oh, yeah. And sometimes that ball float, flutters just a little bit, and they could have some opportunities. Yep. That, that's that's one of the few flaws in his game is he will do that, where he'll just wing it without even moving a, a leg. And, and part of it, too, is his arm is so damn strong that a lot of times he can just do that because he's just a freak athlete, too. But... Yeah, I mean, the 49ers got him twice in the Super Bowl in 2019. Uh, he had They forced him to a, you know, a, a fourth and long, and he threw a pick, yep. Fred Warner. And then later on, it was you know off his receiver's hands, ball a little bit behind. Guess who's standing right there? Tarverius Moore. Uh, he makes the catch. And you, know, you get these two big interceptions. The only problem was 49ers quarterback was turning a football over as well. And so, I mean, there's going to be opportunities. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has been great in the playoffs. No turnovers. That, that's that been fantastic. But so during the, But during the regular season, he turned over the football a lot. In fact, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs turned over the football a ton. They were minus, I think it was minus 11 during the regular season. They're currently minus 9 in turnover differential. They turned the ball th- over 30 times, and they only created 21 turnovers. Like, and this, that's including playoffs. That's That's not great. In fact, this is the biggest turnover differential 49ers to opponent that I've seen the entire year. 49ers are plus 21 uh, versus against the Chiefs. That's crazy. That's why I doubt we'll see Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah. He's got hands like, like a snake has hands. Yeah. He, 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 think, about, he, think about that one for a second. I think he has. That makes sense. Yeah, because they don't have hands. Exactly. Uh, but I think, <laughs> honestly, when you look at it, he's got an endorsement deal waiting for him with Butterfinger. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Did you know this, too, that, that, that until the game against the Ravens, that, that was the first time in seven playoff games, in, but, but back obviously last year, where Mahomes actually took a sack? It doesn't, he, he, it doesn't surprise me. He, he doesn't get sacked in the playoffs. It's crazy. Well, the, the Kansas City Chiefs also go with a very unique style of a lot of holding. 
they, <laughs> and they just figure that it's not going to get called, right? I mean, if it go, it's like kind of like what Seattle used to do in the secondary with the Legion of Boom. Oh, you're yeah. going to hold, you're probably going to hit us for one out of the ten. Uh, you know, and then one out of every ten, you're like, I can live with those odds. Yep. Uh, but I think part of it with Patrick Mahomes, what scares people is his ability to run. So then when they get in the playoffs, they don't consistently bring that pressure. They slow rush to make sure he doesn't get outside the pocket. And so it gives him extra time. So yeah. you've got to be very clear that there's times you have to absolutely go after him and make him beat you. I think you have to be hyper-aggressive and force the issue against Patrick Mahomes. They are not one of the best teams as far as explosive plays in the league. No, not They're actually bottom third. Yeah, they. <laughs> I mean, since they just don't have that explosive nature about them anymore. And so, yes, you don't want to give up explosives, but I think you got to force their hand a little bit. They're very much a jab, 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 jab team as opposed to it comes to the monster left hook. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And I think the 49ers are very content with allowing Patrick Mahomes to operate uh, from the 25 to about the 40. Oh, you want to get a lot of yards in that, in that area? Okay. Uh, we're okay with a long Harrison Buckter field goal. He's and a good so, kicker, though. He's really good. He is really good. He, he doesn't miss very often. But if they're kicking field goals and you're kicking and you're scoring touchdowns, uh, then that's where you want to be. Well, hopefully, yes. Oh, uh, well, I mean, but that's got to be the game plan when you're going yeah. against a Patrick Mahomes. Would you like no points? Yes, but if you could hold them to a field goal, that's a win every single time for the 49ers. Yeah. 49ers have a really good red zone offense. I mean, one of the best. Yeah, they are the best in the league in the red zone. And they were four or five last week against Detroit. Uh, I just think that the 49ers have opportunities to move the football against Kansas City and score some points. I'm not saying they're going to you know, score a crazy amount of points, but I think they can score enough to, to beat Kansas City and win the game. I hope so. Yeah. You hope? It, is it that time? Oh, gosh. I, I, think, oh, I, it, yeah, I think we should. Oh, man. Let's see. Jay Hill's time to pick the winner of the Super Bowl. Uh, just so everyone remembers. I did pick the Lions, and he, I did get their score exactly right. He got their score right. He just got the 49ers won 10 points wrong. I did. <laughs> that's, that's true. That, that, that's, that's the problem. At least when I did it, I got 10 points wrong on the Lions score, but I got the 49ers score right yeah. and the big dub. It was like, dub city. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. I actually, that, that, that's always one of my favorite Enter videos on IG to watch. Like I, I, I just love that one. Hopefully, we see that on Sunday. We're gonna get a super dub city. I don't think we will though. What? You're not gonna do this. If it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes, oh my, <laughs> and Andy Reid, you can't get out of your own way. Kyle, unfortunately, has never beaten Andy Reid. He's zero and three against him. And Sunday night, I will be. Be drowning my sorrows as Kyle goes to 0-4 versus Andy Reid. San Francisco 20, Green Bay, no, Kansas, Kansas City 24. Oh, wow. Jason's going to be wrong again. I hope I'm wrong. Wow. I hope, I'm, I, hope, I, hope, I, hope, I hope Sunday evening I am on the show with you and I'm wrong. Yeah, Jason, the eternal optimist. <laughs> <laughs> I you just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I can't do it. Well, I got news for you. You can't bet against Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy has never lost a postseason game that he, that he, and he that, starts and finishes. That he finishes, yes. Patrick Mahomes is no different. You can't get in the way of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's going to do some things in this game. I'm telling you, people are going to take notice. And I think the 49ers are going to score more points than 20. I'm not going to give my uh, prediction right now. We're going to do that in the game preview. It's a damn show. good defense, though. It is a good defense. But let's not act like they haven't given up points this season. Not many, especially in the... Second half, they averaged like four points allowed in the second half. So. Have they ever played a running back like Christian McCaffrey this year? Uh, they played Lamar Jackson. Has he ever played a tight end as good as George Kittle? This year? Yeah. No. Have they ever won against a left tackle as good as Trent Williams? No. Have they ever won against a quarterback with the niftiness of Brock Purdy? Yes. Who? Josh Allen. He's in that niftiness. He tries to throw the ball through you. I do like Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. But Josh Allen hasn't proven that he can win in the playoffs consistently. Brock Purdy has. If he just hit Stephon Diggs, we would not be in this problem right now. Probably right. And this is actually, I think, a better matchup than the Bills, but that's neither here nor there. I would definitely take Bills, though, over the Chiefs. Wow. Well, that's uh, where we differ, because I think the 49ers can get a run game going with Christian McCaffrey. 
I think they can create some problems with McCaffrey, George Kittle on the linebackers of the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope so. And I think they can take the aggressiveness of the Kansas City Chiefs and use it against them with reverses and outside screen passes to Debo Samuel. I think this is when Brock's going to get in his bag, and I think he's going to be able to read some of the defense and make some big-time adjustments at the fly and make some plays happen. Go back and watch the Super Bowl. I know it's painful. 2019. Okay. There's it was on TV a couple nights ago. The first drive of the game. Yes. Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball at George Kittle's feet. Yes. And as they kick, usual. They kick the field goal. Yeah. They cut to the sideline. Kyle Shannon is talking to, to Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's talking about the play. And, he, and you can see Jimmy say it wasn't there. And he goes, run. And Jimmy says something. He goes, just run the ball. That's the difference in this game. Brock Purdy Brock's on large. those plays. Third and three. He ain't a statue. Uh, oh, you want to turn and run? You want to cover my guys deep down the field? Here comes Brock running up the middle. And if they decide they're going to leave somebody in to stop him do that with the spy, open, then. he's going to beat somebody else because Kyle can scheme it up. Right. So I think this one is this one's going to be great. It's an absolute chess match. Spagnola versus Kyle, Andy Reid versus Steve Wilkes. I think this one has everything you want. I just think your score is going to be wrong. Let me, let me ask you this then. It, it, you won't give us a score prediction. Oh, that, that happens later in the week. Don't forget to catch that episode. As usual. Yeah. Um, who has more touchdowns, McCaffrey or Purdy? Like, I, I mean, does McCaffrey have more t- total touchdowns, either, either receiving or r- rushing? Or does Brock have more, more touchdowns, either throwing or... Well, he has eight more just throwing. No, in the game. Oh, I mean, in the, oh, in this, this game, game, I thought you meant in no, like no, the no, quote. No, no, no. Oh, who, who's gonna make? Who's gonna score more touchdowns? Who will account for more more touchdowns? I think Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Because I think when the 49ers get into the red zone, you're gonna get a heavy dose of that run to the right side. The power O, here we come. We're gonna open up the lanes. Chris Jones, you're about to get triple teamed, <laughs> and, and they're just gonna they're gonna run at him. They're gonna try to get that that play. It, it's worked. It worked against Green Bay. It worked against Detroit. Uh, and it, it'll, it'll work against Kansas City. And I just think that uh, 49ers get into the red zone, they're going to be tough to stop. I don't think it's the, the 2019 kick field goals red zone trips. Uh, this is the San Francisco 49ers that are going to go down and score. And because they have so many weapons, they spread you out. Or one of the problems that's gonna, Kansas is going to have, and I'm going to talk about this this week, is when the 49ers want to go heavy personnel and they want to bring in their second tight end, Kansas City stays with base for base sets. Detroit went heavy. Yeah. They're going to stay in that base. They already struggled to get the run. Now we're going to get Charlie Warner blocking uh, a linebacker or blocking a, a corner. I, I like those odds for the 49ers. So I see some opportunities for the 49ers when the 49ers are in 21 and 22 personnel uh, to, to take advantage of that. Kansas City uh, defense is very predicated on speed, yet they struggle to stop plays on the outside. It must mean run fits aren't that great. Yeah. This, is, this feels like a complete 180 from 19. We had the dominant defense. Now we have a very good defense. We have an electric offense now. They had the electric offense back then. So, whereas now they have a physically, at least on points per game, an extremely dominant defense and their offenses. No, that's where you're wrong. You think that it's extremely dominant, but did you know they finished the regular season? Both of them gave up just over 17 points right. per game. They were, yeah. They were... Right now, if you include the playoffs, 49 yards give up 18, Chiefs give up 16.7. Where's your extreme difference between the two? And, well, second half points per game, they're allowing four. Okay. Well, they have to make sure they didn't score at all last week. They have to make sure they're winning. Right. I That's mean... why the first, the first quarter to me is massive because if San Francisco can get up 14 0, 14 3, that's going to. Throw off the entire chief game plan of because they they play very conservatively. Like they let they don't want to have any bad turnovers. They want to let their defense basically win the game for them with a little bit of Mahomes make just enough of play. Yeah, I mean they just want to so, have a chance at the end of the game. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I I did actually did a video this this week called What's Changed. Uh, and it's 2019 to 2023. Looking at the numbers, the stats, everything. It's on the channel. Check it out. And there Which was channel though. Like, is it on the YouTube one? Or it's what? on the YouTube one. Okay. Yeah, check it out. And you gotta you gotta check it out because 
there's not as much difference. Now, the players are extremely different. Play callers a little bit because defense has changed for the 49ers, but that's interesting. But the Chiefs were definitely a, a better offense. That that That's definitely changed. They averaged over 28 points per game in 2019. You know, and it's, it's down, uh, you know, a clear six. Yeah. Uh, 49ers actually average more points per game in 2019 than they do right now. They average 20, uh, 29. Which is odd because this offense feels way, way, way better than that team's offense yeah. was. But that offense was fully dedicated to the run. 144 yards a game. What's funny, this one, 140 yards per game, four yards less, but it feels like they're way more balanced. Their passing attack is better. Yeah. Um, the, the offense is superb. The defense was leaking oil in 2019. They were giving up 112 yards per game on the ground. Fortnite's give up 97 right now, and that's with two bad playoff performances. Dude, that's so weird because <laughs> that run defense back then was so good, too. Like that's... Yeah. It's, it's, I think a lot of times it's, it's, crazy. it's how you're feeling at the moment, right, and what's being pushed, but... Uh, Jay Hill, you saw it. He picked against the 49ers. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, so he's obviously thinks he's the bad luck guy. I, I'm, I'm hoping he's he's doing a reverse psychology thing. I'm going to pick the Chiefs and the Niners are going to win. I'm not Skip Bayless for guys like that. I don't do that. I'll tell you this, though. I will be drinking old fashions the entire 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 game, not beer the first first half and then old fashioned second half. We're starting from the from the first quarter with an old fashioned. Well, there you go. Because when I went to the old, old fashioned in the Second half of the last two playoff games worked a lot, lot better than, than the big, big IPA that I was doing first half. Yeah. Well, Jason's going to do it for us. He's going to drink the right drinks this time. Uh, that's going to be the difference in the game. It has and, to be. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, and you know what? Hopefully the 49ers prove Jason wrong and win this game. Hopefully they do. Yeah. Uh, so great episode. Hopefully we'll be back next week celebrating the big Super Bowl win. Hey, Hill, uh, great episode as always. Looking forward to the next one. Um, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, like and subscribe. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers Just way. win for us, please. Thanks for watching. Full episodes of the Ant Hill Show are available over on Patreon. 49ers cut back on Patreon. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs>